Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, this is Phil Haugen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. It is Tuesday afternoon this last weekend. Um, we finished up a two-day clinic in Hermosa, South Dakota. Had a great, I mean a great set of horses. Great set of young trainers. It, it is so encouraging to me at those clinics where there's uh, the trainers are coming to those to, to my clinics and uh, they're they're looking for that one small piece of the puzzle that you know helps their program get over maybe a little hump or maybe get to the next level and uh, you know that is so much fun uh, to do and to to help them and to see the progression and 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 to see, you know, the the little light bulbs come on every once in a while when we're working on a certain exercise or when when we're talking about performing uh, an exercise and and you know just the mechanics of it and and how we need to position our horse in such a way that it gives them the best opportunity to find the correct answer and. Uh, you know that's the part of this business that I'll never get tired of. I I love seeing people do good. I love seeing horses get better, and I I love seeing that uh, that communication between the horse and rider um, go to another level. And then and then you know it's just after that it's just a snowball effect. It's just going to get better and better and better and. Uh, Man, it was just uh, it was just a great weekend for that. Um, really, really good set of horses. Several several people in the clinic that are that are already already in the training business for the public. You know, like I always talk about, we're all trainers. Whether you're riding horses for the public or you're riding them for yourself, we're all trainers. But there are several people in this particular clinic that that are already already riding customer horses for the public and uh and you could see that they have a very very bright future ahead of them and and that is that's really fun to see you know i had a lot of great questions at this clinic and usually you know at the end of each day i always have what i call a free ride period where i just basically open the arena up to Anybody that wants to stay and get one-on-one -on -one help on anything or get get my opinion on something or, you know, work on some specific challenge that they might be having. And, you know, a lot of times there's few people that stay. A lot of times at the end of a long day, people are ready. They're at a good spot and they're ready to call it, call it a day. Um, you know, I think... The first day, Saturday afternoon, when I did that, we were there till oh, for a good couple hours after uh, 
we started the free ride and then on Sunday too, usually on Sundays, people want to get, get headed out. And I get that, you know, and I try to get them out of there a little bit earlier on Sundays, but had several, several hang around. We visited for a good while and, uh, you know, it was, uh, man, it was just, it was just a really, really good time. I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Good facility, great host. Kate Tiltram did a great job. Um, good facility up there at Hermosa. Um, you know, re- really is about perfect for what I do. You know, and so anyway, I was going to talk about a few things, a few questions that came up. You know, the the one thing uh, as a trainer, and that's whether you're riding your own horses or you're riding customer horses, um, and we actually had a, a post on this too this week, but you know, you, you have to, you know, accept the philosophy or the mindset that not everything's going to be perfect. You know, when I tell everybody the first day when we're doing an exercise that maybe it's the first time you've ever done it. And if it's the first time you've ever done it, it's for sure the first time your horse has probably ever done it. You know, when you're when you're going into uncharted waters where you've never been before, don't expect it to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be the perfect the first time. It may not be perfect the tenth time. You know, and and I think that's something like for me personally. Boy, that was hard. That was hard. You know, I would be thinking about something I'm going to do and maybe an exercise that I I was going to implement into my program. And I'd be thinking about it and I'd be going through it and, you know, visually and mentally. And then when I would, you know, when I would show it to my horse, you know, I, I would be frustrated because he didn't do it. He or she didn't do it perfectly the first time. Well, you know, that was silly on my part. You know, a big part of that is just me maturing as a trainer. And we all go through that. You know, I had um, one girl uh, in particular from Nebraska doing a real good job. Um, She's riding customer horses as well as her own. And, you know, she's asked her, her age and she's 25. You know, she's 25, I'm 55. I've got three decades on her. And, you know, she's got some of the same questions that I probably had at 25. You know, the one thing that's that I always encourage everybody to do is to understand, take the best from everybody that you can surround yourself with and use it to your advantage. You don't, I I really don't want somebody coming to one of my clinics or coming to my house for a private clinic or a lesson and completely changing their program. Now, I'm not going to lie. There's been some people that did need to change their programs dramatically. But for the most part, anymore, everywhere I go, um, for whatever reason, the, the people that I get at my clinics, the horses are dang good and, and the, the riders slash trainers are very advanced. Now, they might be riding a greener horse at the clinic, 
or they might be riding their very best horse. You know, it just varies. But, you know, I don't want that person. I, I think all of us out there as trainers need to understand that everybody has a little bit of their own program and they're just adding bits and pieces to it. You can, you know, you look at any industry, look at the cutting, the reining, the cow horse, the roping. There's a lot of great, great trainers out there. Guys that can really train a horse. Women who can really train a horse. And if you get to go spend time with each of them for an extended amount of time, you're going to come away from all of them uh, with a little different outlook. I know I had uh, Jess Morgan when he, he helped me for a couple years just on a part-time basis when I'd be getting ready for my sales and, and just, you know, when he when it would work for him and it would work for me. Really good young trainer. And Jess has, uh, Jess has exposed himself to several different trainers. I mean, guys that are making a living training horses, and I just happen to be lucky enough to be one of them. And, you know, Jess and I have talked about this a lot, and everybody does it a little different. Everybody's program's a little bit different. Everybody's philosophy can be a little bit different, and that's okay because we're all individuals. Now, I will say this. I do think it's smart to understand that if we can improve our horsemanship, which to me is just our communication with our horses, in the way we present what we're, what response we're asking for, if we do that in a way and we keep the philosophy that if we do that in a way that makes it as easy as possible for that horse to understand the response we're asking for, do I think we'll be more successful and do you think our training will progress faster and in a positive direction? Yes, I do believe that. And that is something that I had to learn myself. I mean, that is not something that come natural to me. I had to, I had to figure that part of it out. But at the same time, I had to figure out that it was okay figuring that out on my own and being confident that as long as I was asking for a response and I was getting that desired response by sending a signal, not not so much pressure. I know we're, we're taught forever that we teach horses to give to pressure and that, that definitely is true to an extent. But at the same time, you know, and, and I teach this, just like when I slide my hand down my bridle rein and I put some contact in that horse's mouth and say I'm tipping that horse's nose to the left and I'm asking that horse to tip its nose to the left and for its body to follow, I would like to get that response just with the contact of me taking the slack out of that bridle rein and putting that, that contact in that horse's mouth instead of I don't want to get into a situation where is it me pulling harder than it, am I am I just pulling harder than he's pushing and that's getting me the response. See, I don't I don't think that's 
probably going to do it for you, especially when you increase speed. When you increase speed, your signals better be dang sure sharp and clear, and they better understand what you're asking. You know, because like I've talked about before, a lot of times, speed's a reactive response. Speed is what horses do when they're running from danger. Okay. Um, so your signals and your foundation have to be super, super sharp and super, super strong. So, you know, I had that conversation on and off numerous times over the, over this last weekend, Saturday and Sunday, over those two days of the clinic. And I think, I think there were several people there that really started to get that. And, uh, you know, if I would have figured that out when I was 25, it wouldn't have taken me till now to get to where I am. Now, with that being said, um, where I'm at now, I hope next month, if you came by, if somebody at that clinic comes by next month, I hope my program's even improved more and gotten better. And that that's my goal is to continually, I don't know that I'll ever get there, Hopefully, I'll keep getting closer, and and I plan on that. I plan on to continue to try to get better um, in, in everything I do. That's that's with the training, you know. That's with my personal life. That's with my with my roping. Um, we uh, Wade's had his finger broke. He shattered the end of his finger, so he's had a pin in the. He's got a pin stuck in the end of his finger, and hopefully he gets that out at the end of the month, and we can start getting ready for, um, well, what we're going to do is is spend three months getting ready for the World Series Finals, um, you know, in December. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm really looking forward to making it a commitment and working hard. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, and, and that's what it takes. Um, whether it's training or getting ready to be competitive, um, preparation's everything. Preparation's everything. You know, we talked a lot about confidence. Um, there were several trainers at that clinic that in one area or another were just lacking that one little, you know, that little bit of confidence, that understanding that yes, they do know what they're doing and yes, they're, they're headed down the right road. That's a real, I mean, I hate that feeling when I don't have confidence in something. I hate that feeling when I don't have confidence in my horse or when I don't have confidence in someone that's working for me where when they go feed and pick stalls and check waters, I don't have the confidence that I, you know, that I can't not go behind them and check everything. You know, I just, I just don't like that. I mean, nothing good comes from that. So, you know, when you, when you run into those challenges, just like we, we worked through several challenges this weekend. I mean, there's, there's several, several horses at that clinic that were very, very advanced. The trainers had done an outstanding job. I mean, several of them. You know, usually you have one that's just, for lack of a better term, just a jack wagon. You know what I mean? They just, and it just, you know, it's like pushing a wheelbarrow full of you know what uphill all day for two days. 
to get that sucker kind of dialed in. But, uh, you know, we just didn't have one of those, and it, it made the progression of the rest of the clinics so, so good. Um, you know, one question that came up, and this is something that I lived. Um, I had a couple of trainers that ride customer horses and have made, are making some really nice horses um, for themselves as well as their customers, and they're, you know, they're having to do other things to make ends meet. And, you know, I've done that forever. You know, I've got a good business. I have tried really hard to make the last set of horses that I send home the best set I've ever sent home. Is that always true? No, it's not. I mean, sometimes you just, you know, sometimes it it's, you'll get a set of horses that, are just as they're just overachievers and for whatever reason they get everything you know they understand everything I'm asking them to do and they just are um, rock stars for instance I've got a colt for a customer right now a filly that is you know the the horse I rode for a year ago may it might even been a year and might, might have been two years ago now um, he's a superstar. And this one here, we haven't had an easy day yet. You know, so same program, did different animal I'm training. And, and this one here is challenging the heck out of me. But this, this filly here, I'll get her trained. I'll get her trained. And, and she'll be as good as she can be, whatever that is but she's going to make me better that that other horse made me look good that other horse made me the other colt i rode for this particular customer makes me look kind of like a rock star right he was easy <laughs> this one here she's she's testing me now oh my gosh she's a handful she is a handful especially this morning so I had two clinics, or I had a, two days of clinics, Saturday and Sunday. We, uh, it was, it's nice when I get back to the Dakotas because that's where my family is. And I always, seems like every time I go see my family, I, I do a clinic too. It's, I'm always working when I'm going to see my family. And, and I promise you someday I'm going to regret that. And I'm going to wish I would have just went and sat down, spent three days with my family instead of two days doing a clinic and one day with my family. But, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I'm raising a family and, you know, we're paying for a wedding that's coming up and we're, Wade just got out of school and then we just broke his finger and had surgery and, and everybody knows they don't do that for free. And, you know, so I've been having to work a lot and I'm thankful to have it, very thankful to have it. But someday I'm going to wish I would have just taken an extra day or two to spend with my family and not work, but, uh, you know, that, that day's coming, that day's coming. So Saturday and Sunday did the clinic Monday morning. We left there at six, got back home here at nine last night, visited with Wade and his girlfriend Gentry, and they'd been taking care of the place while we were gone. And, and, uh, I don't know, got to bed at 10 30 or 10 30 or 11. 
got back up at four. Um, you know, what's weird is, you know, I should have been dead tired, but I woke up before my alarm even went off because, well, because in the back of my mind, I know I've missed four days of riding and I need to get rolling and it got hot. Tell you what, right now, I just went down before I got on this podcast, I went down and turned a couple horses loose that I'd washed off and, uh, head tied to the water tanks and went to turn them loose. And, and if you want to simulate what it's like in Western Oklahoma right now, just go, go in the bathroom, close the door, turn your blow dryer on high and just put it about four inches away from your face and just sit there. People wonder why I'm wrinkled and I look like I've been living in a dehydrator. It's because I am. (laughs) It is hot, hot and windy. I mean, we cannot catch a rain. But, uh, you know, like I was telling a good friend of mine this morning when we were, I was loping a horse and we were visiting, I had my little earphones in that Bridget got me so I can ride and talk. And, and, you know, hot and dry kind of sucks. I mean, you know, because the rain would really cool the ground off because, I mean, the ground's even hot. But, uh, you know, luckily it really doesn't even affect my business. I mean, other than mentally keeping yourself, you know, to where you don't get negative about the weather and grumpy and, you know, and if you get out there early enough and get it done, you know, by the time I finished up at noon today, you dang sure needed to be getting out of there. But, uh, you know, it's just that time of year. This time of year, you just you just get through it. You just get through it. You do what, do what you got to do, and you get through it. But getting back to what I was talking about, several trainers were asking me about, you know, that they're – training for the public but they're having to do other things to make ends meet and you know I've always had to do that I always you know I learned how to shoe horses in college and I shot a lot of horses I don't shoe any for the public anymore but I still do ours um, just because I just hate having to pay for it about 16 17 years ago a good friend of mine who'd been doing dentistry work for Oh, he'd been doing dentistry work for probably a dozen years now. I bet he's been doing dentistry work for 30 years now. Um, He came and stayed here, taught me how to do equine dentistry, and I've been doing that. You know, I I just do ours, and then I work for one vet clinic, and I, I do all theirs. You know, and other things. You know, there's been numerous times that I've had to sell my best horse just to catch up on payments or buy a truck or whatever numerous times I've had to do that really well we've had to sell some horses that you know we didn't want to have to sell you know to be quite honest with you I mean that's just part of this business and it it, it's like any business it's tough man it's tough you got to be mentally and physically tough you got you got to be physically tough to survive in this business because you know and there's a lot of guys out there like me and women too that have been at it a long time and you know you get to a point where you, you got to take care of yourself better i mean from a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint 
you got to understand that, you know, is it, is it better to eat an orange or a banana or, you know, a Snickers? What would I rather eat? The Snickers. Absolutely. Hands down. You know, what, what, what do I try to eat? Well, I try to eat the banana or the orange now. Now for, you know, a long time, I wasn't that way. It's just like working out this morning. I mean, believe me, when I got up, that's the last thing I wanted to do was was do my little workout. But but I and I didn't do all of it because I needed to get I was felt like I was behind. But I did a good bit of it before I headed out. Boy, it is hard to make yourself do it. And because it doesn't pay anything. And it's just something else that you have to work hard at. But you know what that's the thing any anything worth having is gonna be hard work anything you're going to work at it just like with your horses um, just accept the fact it's gonna be hard work you know if you're in the training business you're probably gonna have to do some other things to make ends meet and you know what that used to make me feel like I was a failure in the training business. But you know what? That's not the case at all. If you're having to do something else to support your training business or to help your training business continue to grow, so be it. I mean, you know, when I when I showed up in Oklahoma, I had two good horses, a wore out truck and trailer. And the trailer was, it wasn't no big living quarters trailer. It was a single axle, two horse, side by side. Okay. And then a single cab Ford pickup. And, you know, we started with nothing. So even if I did make some money and then you bought, even if you just bought panels to build some pins or you bought posts, you know, and you dug the post holes by your, you know, yourself and set the posts. And I did all the, you know, did all the work myself, but you still, or when you get help, you know, then you'd have to pay some, somebody to help you. And that's just for a long time, you're going to put money back into your business to keep going. And I think that's true in anything, any business. I mean, you know, you could own a restaurant and while you're trying to build your clientele in your business, you may, you may be mowing lawns. Who cares? Who cares? That does not mean you're failing at your business. That means you're, that means you're giving it your all. That means you are all in, you know, you have made a choice and you have made up your mind that it is going to work. And anytime you do that, in anything you're doing and especially in the horse business when you make that commitment because like myself I just hung in there and hung in there and hung in there and I have been broke so many times you just can't imagine how broke Bridget and I have been at times and you know we just hung in there and hung in there and I always had an asset I always had an asset to sell if I needed to and, you know, training your own horses is like putting a little money in your savings account every time you go work that horse and every time you progress that horse. Because every time you do, 
that horse is worth a little bit more and a little bit more and then someday when you sell that horse it's like getting to draw that money out of your savings account and that is what has kept me alive my whole life and you know now I've finally hung around long enough that I'm getting on the other side of it a little bit you know we've got you know great facilities great home um, but it's not nothing extravagant I'll tell you that I mean it's not extravagant it's very well kept very neat you know we we try hard to keep everything in really good shape and keep our place looking good but you know that's part of it those of you that are in the training business or in any other business and, and if you're having to do other things to keep that business going you know what instead of being hard on yourself pat yourself on the back because you're going to make it you're going to make it you just keep showing up you keep doing what you got to do and good things will happen good things will happen i'm about out of time but I just wanted to go over that today because you know what? Sometimes we all need to hear that. That if we just keep at it, keep going, keep moving forward, good things are going to happen. They have for me and they're going to for you too. So have a great week of training. God bless you. And as always, be your best. Take care. Today's episode of Be Your Best is brought to you by Classic Equine, Martin Saddlery, Healthy Coat, Cinch, Prina, and Better Horses TV. These brands have been a part of the Phil Haugen Horsemanship team for many years, and their products continue to play a very important role in the success of our performance horse training program. To support these brands, head over to philhaugenhorsemanship.com and click on our sponsor tab.